You're listening to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast, a show where your hosts, Darian and Ethan, discuss the controversial topics often avoided by the church. They also discuss culture, society, and everyday goofs. And now, Darian and Ethan. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show, everybody listening and watching. Yes. Our family. We hope you all had a great week. Um, yep. Today's a super exciting holiday. Yeah. I think either yesterday or today. Yom Kippur. Yep. Shout out to all our Jews out there. We don't know what that means. Yep. <laughs> Feast. <laughs> I think it's a new year. I'm not really sure. Do you know anything about it? Happy birthday, Jesus. <laughs> That's an April. <laughs> Whatever. We can talk about that. The birth of Just Jesus. Just kidding. I know what it is, but I don't feel like talking about Um yeah. I want to say thank you so much to the random person that uh, supported us. Yeah, on, yeah. on our podcast we now have three yeah. financial supporters of the podcast mm. shout out to you um, yeah. we don't know who you are because it said anonymous so if you want us to know who you are dm us yeah dm us yes Let we us love know. you so much we're so grateful we're so excited yeah oh actually all the people who do support us anybody who does want to support us you should dm us because we're creating stickers tonight we're, we true. already created the art that we want to do um refined it a little bit and we're going to be ordering them really soon. And we're going to send them out to all our supporters and anybody who wants to support us. Yeah. Or anybody who wants to buy a sticker or just wants a sticker, they can contact us. Um, it'll be a sticker promoting the podcast. You can put them all over the place, show your friends, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'll put, my, put one on my water bottle. It'll be awesome. Put one on here and it'll be, you'll see it also yeah. on all the other stickers. Yep. Um, but yeah, so this week, man, you've been really excited and into tattoos lately. Yeah, almost every day I've thought about, like, how I want a tattoo. And I don't know, like, even wearing a hat right now, because I'm wearing a hat for everybody watching the video, I just feel so much more like I want tattoos for some reason. <laughs> and this is the first day I've worn a hat in a long time. But I just feel like I want, like, a sleeve, sleeve on yeah. my left arm super bad. Yeah, we were getting ready for the show, and Derry looks in the camera, and he's like, man, I should have a sleeve yeah. right here. The only thing that's stopping me is there's so much money. Yep. Like, my whole life It'd I've wanted cool. a sleeve on my right leg and my left yeah. arm. It'd be cool to have, like, you get super buff and had some tattoos that came up to your neck. If you knew you'd be financially stable for the rest of your life and never had to get a job <laughs> anywhere, it'd be, like, really awesome to have some, like, crazy tattoos up What here. kind of tattoos do you get on your neck, though? I feel like that's a very specific kind of tattoo you got to get. I have no idea. Neck. I've never got, I don't have tattoos. I don't know what the protocol for that is. The you, prerequisite to neck tattoos. You got to get the, uh, the Christian girl cross behind the ear tattoo. Oh, gosh, no. It's always the behind oh. the ear. Not making fun of anybody, but kind of am. Um, <laughs> kind of making fun of you. Um, it's always either, if you see the video, right there on the wrist. Not centered on the wrist, but right, 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 right. there. You know, like Michigan hand, it's right there. <coughs> and then it's either that or behind the ear. Or what's super classic and what a lot of people do, super cliche and nerdy. They get like Hebrew written down their ankle. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Only nerds <laughs> do that. <laughs> Derry has that. Yeah. I saw uh, a youth pastor me a while ago, and it was like the exact same tattoo in the exact same spot. I really? Like, I was like, oh, I guess I know That's what I'm so doing when I'm funny. older. That's so funny. Oh, man. That was great. <clears throat> yes. I read yeah. Hebrew fru- fluently. Fruently. Fruently. Yeah. You don't speak English fluently. <laughs> I've been so busy studying Hebrew, I now slur my English. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. You've been hard at work. Yeah, hard at work. In the office. Yeah. Making up your own job. Yep. That's fun. Yeah. I, I don't know how many hours I logged last week in Genesis. Because you're in the BCC, was, studying yeah. the Bible every day. Yeah, yeah. It was, 
I probably average probably like 7 a.m. I'd start my day and I would be done around like 10 p.m. And I didn't, I maybe had like uh, like three hours of breaks in there. Yeah. And the whole time I was just like studying and I was just like, I'm so tired. And you're doing uh, Deuteronomy this week, right? Deuteronomy memes. Nice. That's a good Instagram page. If you like Shout memes, out. go there. They do not pay us. Although if you hear about us and you want to pay us, we will take it. Yes. Um, but yeah, Deuteronomy and the whole background of the Torah. Super fun. So once I'm done with this, I'm going to go back to studying Deuteronomy. Nice. Basically, what I'm telling you is, and I'm an expert in the Bible now, <laughs> I know everything you can ever ask about the Hebrew culture. And so with that, Derry's going to test me. Uh, what's Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur is a festival celebrated by the Jews and the Hebrews where you repent and celebrate, uh, re- got, rejoice for the next week. And I think it's the New Year. I'm pretty sure it's the New Year. We can say that. And because I said, I think, and someone can let us know. We could look it up here, but it's going to take too long to do that. I don't know so. if it's the new year, but I know it's like the, the holiest day of the year. Really? Let's look up what is... <laughs> Check your facts. Yom Kippur 2020. Ooh. This is going to take too long. Yeah, it doesn't tell us. simple explanation. Oh, here we go. Nope. It ends September. It ends tomorrow evening. That's a fact of Whatever. that day. No, today. The, to this evening. Today's the 28th? Yeah, it's Monday. Well, then it just ended because it says evening. Oops. I'm a liar. Wow, you're a liar, dude. <laughs> All right, no, what we're actually talking about today. Um, I posed a question on Facebook last week mm-hmm. that I did not think was going to generate as much heat as it did. And what happened is I posed this question. I thought, no one probably actually has opinions about this, but I'm going to see what happens. Yeah. And then Derry comes to me a half hour after I posted. He's like, bro, your comments are blowing up because I don't have my notifications on. And Derry just happened to be on Facebook. And I was like, really? What? So I checked. And there's paragraphs being <laughs> written. I mean, like, paragraphs. And then paragraphs and responses. <clears throat> response. Responses to paragraphs. And all that jazz. And I was like, guys, I didn't know this was such a hot topic. So I, immediately <laughs> I didn't know you te- cared. Yeah, you guys care about this? So I immediately texted Derry. I was like, bro, we got to do this show on this. This has to be a response. So for everyone on my Facebook this is my official response to the question I posed. Is the Genesis 1 creation accounts, just Genesis 1, a literal story or... That isn't what you saw on Facebook, though, was it? Like it's, I, I can't read the exact... I think words. it was just like, is Genesis literal? I said Genesis like 1 that. specifically. Oh, really? I like, made sure because I knew people would get misunderstood there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, is Genesis 1 a literal account of creation or is it symbolic? Yeah. That's the basis of what I asked, and I realized afterwards, wow, there's a lot of miscommunication here. I don't think people are necessarily getting what I was... Like, I don't think... Uh, where's all my things? It messed up. Whatever. I was on well, Facebook. Well, I think Awkward. the Bible is uh, a series of stories, the metaphorical stories, that uh, give us life lessons on how to live a good moral life here on this earth. Yeah. Prove me wrong. Literally everything in there is figurative. Not figurative. No, no, no. It's not figurative. Literal. The whole Bible is just metaphorical. Everything's literal. <laughs> I wonder what should be a better life <laughs> if, you, if you believe the whole entire Bible is literal or the whole entire Bible is... Probably figurative. Figurative would be way better to live. Because if you think it's literal, there's like... So, like you have to then kill people. Because they do think, think like, literal. this law is literal, but then you don't realize that that's contextual to the time and you won't ever say like, oh yeah, it's not literal now, but it was back then. 
right? And then you're going to be taking all Like you things. discount all literary styles, you mean? And you just take all of the words as literal? Yeah, so like, then you'd be like, I don't know, there's a lot. Like, the, you'd be but like, Revelation would be very confusing. Can you take into account historical context? Like, like say, we don't follow... The Torah anymore. Yeah, we don't follow the Torah anymore. Do we... Would we have to? Or we have to take that as literal for us still? I would assume But I think, you, I think you could take the Bible literally still and still know we don't have to follow sense. the Torah. That makes sense. I could concede that. Yeah, you can. Do, you don't have to do that. But then, it's like you have, if you take it completely literal, like all of Revelation is going to be confusing. Now, there is parts of Revelation that are literal. Oh, There's parts that's imagery. Um, Proverbs would be very confusing because it says if you live a good moral life, you'll get rich, basically. Yeah. And that just means like that's just a general rule of life that if you do, if you're disciplined and do well, you'll get that back. But it's not like always, and yeah. that's not how Proverbs is, is supposed to be understood. What would be the downfalls of of thinking the whole Bible is figurative, or or like? Uh... Um, you might not actually think you need Jesus as a savior. Because you'd be like, Why? oh, Jesus isn't actually a savior. Jesus is a figure of when you do a good life, have a good lifestyle, then you'll be saved. Maybe. And it doesn't actually mean to put on the full armor of God in any spiritual sense. He just means to be aware of evil things. But I think, even if, you think even if you think it didn't happen and it's just figurative, you'd still have to believe in a God. Um, you still have to believe that God's character, based off of the stories, right. like the symbolic stories that are would be in the I Bible, guess you could be a Christian would still be a God that wants to sacrifice and save his right. metaphorical children. That's kind of what classical theism does. Classical yeah, theism has this idea where like God is not a personal God. So whenever mm-hmm. the Bible says he has wrath or he was grieved or he was angry, it's not that God actually experienced those emotions. It's they they would say that that's just symbolic. Like God is just having it written in a way that humans can understand who He is, but He doesn't actually isn't capable of experiencing emotions because He's the explanation of all emotions. Now classical theism is super confusing, and that's just a puddle yes, of a sea. That's like one drop of a whole ocean <laughs> of things we can get into. Um, no, don't take this out of context in the future and splice it together and say that's what I said about God. That is not true. Yeah. Disclaimer. Oh, and earlier I was joking when I said the whole Bible is uh, <laughs> we don't is think not it, literal. We don't or think. is literal. It's it's lo- it's it's literal and not literal. I mean, <laughs> we know the Bible is literal at some points and symbolic and figurative in other points, yes. and a lot of it's poetry. Just like most books. Yeah. Well, not science books. Well, those are not figurative at all. Sometimes they are. They tell a joke in the book. Sometimes. Have you ever read a science book that tells a joke? Yes, many. Makes one of us. Many, many, many. How many science books have you read? I went to college. I went to college. But how many science books did you read in science? Uh, I read all of them zero time, or the whole thing <laughs> zero times. But I read, I read probably like five or six. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, so just in college, not in high school too, because that'd be more. Yeah. Um, is Genesis one a literal account of creation? That's what we were discussing today. Oh my gosh, more than six. I'm sorry. I, t- I probably, I probably read like twelve or more. My bad. Okay. Genesis 1. <laughs> yeah. Past the science books. And what did you just say? Because I was thinking. I said, we were discussing, is Genesis 1 a literal account of creation? Or is it a symbolic account just explaining that God created? Yeah. Um, That'd be good. But so, to derail this again, one time, <laughs> sometime we should do a show. We should do a show where at the very beginning we make... Um, false statements and we let everybody know they're false statements but both of us make one in, in opposition it. to each other and we fight for our false statements <laughs> so like <laughs> for, for instance what we just said like 
what if I think the whole Bible is symbolic and you think the whole Bible is literal? And we come to the show and we say, this is, these are both not true, but we've done like our research and we argue for those points that the would whole be show. That'd, That'd be, be very fun. interesting. I love pointless arguments. Yeah, me That's too. That's what I live for. <laughs> it's so comical. I've gotten serious debates about which superheroes are better and who would win a fight. Yeah. Flash beats Superman. I don't care. Yeah, if Flash has his legitimate powers, he beats Superman. Yeah, thank you. One time I had a legit, like, very intense conversation with a friend. And then at, like, 11.30 at night, he texts me. We were in YWAM together, so we're in the same room. And he just texts me from across the room a link why Superman beats Flash. And I started laughing. I was like, bro, you're so petty, bro. Go to sleep. You make some good arguments. Go to sleep, man. <laughs> but it was just All right, funny. sorry to derail you. Let's get back to what we're talking about. Why yeah, Genesis, Genesis is only figurative. <laughs> I guess we know your hand. Why Genesis is completely literal. Um, so Genesis 1, for the people who have not either read it or oh, wait, Christianity. I've read 13 science books because Genesis 1 is a literal science book. Oh my gosh. So that's 13. So they keep going. It's a chapter of a book. Yeah, it's a book. Okay, so, yeah. okay, so basically, um, if you're new to Christianity, you don't know a lot about Genesis 1, it's the uh, account of creation or how the people of God, the Israelites, in us the as Christians. God created the heavens and the earth. Yeah. And without form and void. He memorized the whole the thing. The deep. Yeah, keep going. Um, so how it's about how God created the universe and the world and humanity and the order of creation. And there's, there's a lot in there. It's like mm-hmm. blowing my mind. But we're going to talk about, now was it a literal seven days? Um, or was it not? What parts can we take literally? What parts are symbolic? Yeah. How does this work? Because a lot of people... One person said, if it is not taken literally, it discounts the entire canon. Yes. Which is a very bold claim. I talked to them individually, and I said, I don't agree with you. Um, but they're all my good friends. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so we had a good conversation about it. I was like, I think that's just a bold claim to say that all of canon is excluded or not cannot be trusted if Genesis 1 is not literal. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that, hash that out, yeah. discuss it. We don't know how long this show is going to be. Yeah, and quick shout out to uh, my dad. Before we start this, he's probably the person who knows the most about this topic out of anybody I know, because he studies it for fun every day of his life, um, at least every day I, I've known him. Um, <laughs> don't listen to the rest of this podcast. You can just <laughs> turn it off right now, so I'm not an embarrassment to you. Well, I just want to say, Mr. Brooks, I learned about this view last week and had and a few conversations and did a little bit of reading, so I'm probably just as qualified to talk about it as you are. Yes. And I hope you know me well enough to know I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I've met you once. <laughs> Twice. Um, yeah, I so what's three? I don't know. No, just, okay. he came to us. We're talking about Genesis. <laughs> a funny evening. Just keep getting off track. Okay, should we read the whole thing, or is that too much? Yeah, yeah let's read it. Okay. It's not very long. Okay, where is Google? Google, and then you go to your Bible software. To the very beginning. You can I can just go to mine. You got it? I mean, I don't got it, but I can get there faster than you oh, can. Oh, I bet, bro. Your data sucks today. Well, I'm already there. Yeah, well, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the NASB, New American Standard Bible. Mm. And we're just going to read the entire thing um, all the way through so you can get an understanding of what it says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There was evening, and there was morning one day. 
Then God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. God made the expanse that separated the waters which, below, which were below the expanse and the waters which were above the expanse. And it was so. God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening, and there was morning a second day. Then God said, Let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and gathered the waters he called sea. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, fruit trees, and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after their own kind, seeds in them, and it was so. Then the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seeds after their kind, and trees bearing fruit with their seeds in them after their kind, and God saw that it was good. There was evening and morning a third day. Then God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate day from night, and let them be signs for seasons and for days and years. Let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on earth, and it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He made the stars also. God placed them in the expanse of the heavens, or in the, sorry, God (laughs) placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on earth and to govern the day and the night. And God separated the light from the darkness and God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning a fourth day. Then God said, let the, let the waters teem, the swarms of living creatures. Let the birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. And God created the, sea mon- God created the sea monsters and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarmed after their kind. And every winged bird after its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the waters in the sea and let the birds multiply on the earth. There was evening and there was morning, a fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth its creatures after their kind after their kind cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth after their kind and it was so god made the beasts of the earth after their kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind and god saw that it was good then god said let us make man in our own image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle of all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth god created man in his own image the image of god he created them male and female he created them God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth, and every tree which has fruit yielding seed, it shall be food for you. And to every beast of the earth, and every bird of the sky, and to every living thing that moves on earth which has life. I have given every green plant for food, which, every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw that, God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening, there was evening and morning, a sixth day. That's nice. the end of it. Yeah. With a few mess-ups. The rest. Okay, I just talked a lot. I want to hear your thoughts. You take over because I don't want to talk right now. That's the Bible. <laughs> we just read it. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, so you could study this for your, your whole entire life. You know, just this chapter. Yeah, there's thesis papers upon thesis papers upon yeah. thesis papers written like, about just this chapter. I'm probably just the first verse. Right. When I was doing my interpretations for this, I got in the beginning God, and I was like, stop right there. Yeah. You have so much to talk about with just in the beginning God. Yeah. There's many, 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 many theological stances you can take from just this chapter alone that it's, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah. Even just the scientific implications of presupposing things and putting stuff together is is very very interesting yeah there's uh ideas out there that god like the so there's a christians out there who believe in the big bang and believe in macro evolution yeah. right so they say okay god created it was an explosion and then he let creation just do its thing and then he had his people compile it in a way that we would understand yeah that's a version of it there's other people who say it's all literal. God, exactly how it's written. It's literally how it happened. Mm-hmm. God spoke, and it was so. God spoke, and it was so. Right. Um, and there's probably people in between who are like, 
oh, Earth was the very was very old for billions of years, and then God put life on it after it's formed and stuff like that. Yeah, because of how long it takes planets to form and stuff. Like yeah, that. do you wanna uh, you wanna tell the people what kind of literary style? It was before we kind of start talking about yeah. it. Yeah, so there's a couple different literary styles. And maybe in, maybe explain just like what a literary style is first. Yeah, literary style is a uh, style of writing to communicate a certain thing. So we have yeah. like allegorical. There's where it's a story about yeah. something to convey a message. So now there's apocalyptic, which means it's just like written a certain way to convey like apocalypse meaning it's like revelation if you mm-hmm. know that there's historical narrative where it's just telling what happened as the events follow that'd be more like a history book yeah it has no moral position it just says here's what happened and it's not saying anything was good or bad it's just how it happened right and then there's poetic literature or there's hebrew hebrew poetic literature mm-hmm. which is i'm pretty sure what the first um chapter is about depending on what translation you mm-hmm. use some of it show it poetry some of it show it as just narrative yeah so i would assume it could be considered both yeah, but depending on how you decide to look at it, matters for how you understand it as literary or mm. symbolic. Yeah. So, do you have any information? Anything you want to add to the literary styles? Um, I mean, you just write. You think back if you're trying to think about this this concept of literary literary styles. Um, every book in the Bible is written in one or more of these literary styles, and it's just like reading a different book, right? Like if you're going to read a book about poetry, there would be. Uh, it would be written in a style of poetry, right? right? Say you're going to read a book that's critiquing poetry or talking about poetry, it's probably going to have more than just the poetic style of writing. It'll probably also have a narrative style and maybe even a historic like style right. and also a poetic style, right? It'd have all three of those. And so you can you can tell from the Bible that there's written in it different styles. Right. And that's like really important to remember even in just reading the Bible at, as a general rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. is like, because you... We know this in our culture. There's like there's novels that we read that we know are fiction, yeah. right? And then there's blogs we read that we know are opinion. Mm-hmm. Then there's like news journals that we read that are supposed to be facts, but nowadays mm-hmm. they're more often opinion. But there's and then it's like supposed to be unbiased. And then there's like history books that are just basically telling you parts of history. Right. And so we have different historical or different literary styles in our culture today. It's the same for the Hebrews back then. They weren't a dumb people either. Right. You know, they were they were an educated civilization. Yeah. We think that people back then were so they built the the Egyptians built the built the pyramids. Yeah, probably. And the Hebrews, unless it's aliens, and the Hebrews were like in that area. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think aliens built the pyramids? No. Um, <laughs> they did. They definitely did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so another important thing to know just about this whole topic in general of if Genesis is literal or figurative. Yeah. It's been going on forever. This uh, this debate, this right? Conversation. Yeah. yeah. Augustine, like the second church father um one of the original ones after origin was one of the first people to bring up that it could be figurative um but it wasn't really taken super seriously i mean i'm sure a lot of people took it seriously but like in main in the mainstream wasn't taken super seriously until um like around the scientific revolution like around the 1800s like around that time right um when people started to think about evolution and, and all those kinds of things and trying to figure mm-hmm. it in, uh, fit it in with the biblical narrative and stuff like that, right? And so that's when it started to become popular more of trying to figure out, well, what does this actually say? What does this mean? Was it 24 actual days? Um, was it not? Well, 24-hour days. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 24-hour days. Um, not 24 days. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's all I wanted so, to say. There's a lot to get into, and so we're going to get into it real quick after this break break time 
All right, I hope you all uh, got your goldfish and juice and you're sitting back down listening. Um, welcome back. Hello. <laughs> Sunday school reference. Um, I definitely filled up my coffee. Nice. Not that I need it because I'm awake and it's 6.45 p.m. I'll be up till midnight. But that doesn't matter to you. You want to know about Genesis 1. Yes. All right, so there's a couple things to take into consideration as we study out this book, right? Okay, so... What I want to talk about first is that this literary style was written in a way purposely to convey messages to the Israelite people. Because the people who would have been reading this, mm-hmm. um, to give you some perspective, they were Hebrew Israelites, from the same people group, don't know why I said the same name, Yeah, but who had just came, come out of 400 years of slavery to Egypt, right? So culturally, these are Egyptian people even though ethnically they're Hebrew, and they have been surrounded with pagan worship for the last 400 years of their life. Mm -hmm. Knowing, and you can assume that because it's an oral culture, that they have stories of how God had created. That's probably how we have the Genesis story, is like they had all these oral traditions of telling stories passed down. Yeah, it was a normal style of communication. Yeah, so they knew historically what they believed as Hebrews, but they were surrounded by cultures that disagreed with them. And so what happens is, like, the other cultures around them, like, such as the Egyptians, they also had their creation stories. And they would say, like, oh, this god had these kids. And I think for the Egyptians specifically, his kids were in love and always wanted to have sex. So he, the dad, Classic yeah, the dad was like, no, and he, like, separated them. So one became ground and one became sky and he became oh, air. Interesting. And that's how the Egyptians understood the, how everything came to be. Okay. And then there was this, like... One god who was a sun, who when he when the sun set, they believed that he was having a fight with this other god, and then every Whoa. morning he was reborn. Science, am I right? Right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that's how they just understood the world. And so for the Hebrews growing up, they're just like, we gotta figure out ways to understand this, right? Mm-hmm. And so what's interesting about the Genesis one account is that it has words as such as like separated. When it says like God separated the water from above, the water below, they would have known that that meant like. Oh, like just like the Egyptian god separated his kids from like having sex and it became the water below and water above. It's like, oh no, but Yahweh, the god of the Hebrews, just separated it. And he's the creator, mm. right? And it says his spirit was hovering over the water. Water in that, in that mindset was like something that could not be tamed. Because there was like seas that had storms and they didn't have any explanation as to how. So they're like, oh my gosh, the gods don't mess with the waters because it can't, it's never calm. It's, not, it's, yeah. all, it's unpredictable. So yeah. we just think that there's no gods there. So by God saying his spirit hovers over the water, God is saying, I'm, control, I'm in control of the chaos. Yeah. Like you think that it's uncontrollable, but I actually have authority over it and I separate it and I command it. That's right? cool. So the fact that God's commanding the waters to be separated is like such a flex for the for the Hebrews to say like, yeah, our God controls the water. You know, mm-hmm. that's such a big, that's a really big deal. And also the numerology is super important because seven is the number of completion yeah. um, in Hebrew writing and other literary um, styles. And so the fact that God created in seven days, if you keep reading it into, um, we only got to six days in Genesis one, but Genesis two continues and it says on the seventh day, God rested. So mm-hmm. the seven days would have communicated that this was God's doing and he made it complete. Yeah. Right. And then there's a context there in the second chapter also where it mentions creation of man that says God created them in his image. In his image, he created them. He mm. created them male and female, which is three instances, one after another, about God creating people. And yeah. three represented like a God doing something or a transformation by God mm-hmm. or 
anything anything that had to do with three was like instituted by God. Yeah. So it's super interesting in that. And that's a whole message in itself is that there's three times repeated the word created and the idea of image when it's God creating man. So it's like your identity was created to be in the image of God and that was God's plan. So that's what, that's what separates you. In the Hebrews mind, they're like, this is why we're different than the animals because God created us in his image and that establishes true identity hmm. when you know yourself as God's creation to be loved. Right? Yeah. So that's a whole big thing that helps out with identity issues if you needed that. Um, but basically, there's so much that goes on. So like, what do, what do you think? What are your thoughts hearing that? And like taking the context, all that like background of how the Hebrews wrote and understood things. What does that mean for how we understand it today? Yeah, I just think it's so funny. I've had a billion and a half debates about this topic over the years. Um, and it's always the exact same arguments over and over and over. And it's all very like philosophical and not very like, I studied the book, like historical background, and this is what this meant kind of thing, right? right. And people don't bring that into the conversation a lot when it's actually very important, like who it's being written to and stuff, right. and much less like the philosophy of like, what does this word day mean? Right. Like that kind of stuff, which we'll get into in a second. And yeah, I got like, that's what really messed me up is I was like thinking about the philosophical side of how I would understand God. And I'm like, wait, wait, when I would assume when God creates, it just happens, right? Yeah. And everything is. Yeah. Because he doesn't isn't bound by time, but I'm like, okay, how much is my understanding becoming philosophical and not actually bound by the Bible? Yeah, but I know philosophy so. is still created by God and, and can still be yeah, used. Yeah, philosophy well. is good, but certain philosophies are of man and to be ignored. Yeah, as Paul absolutely says so. It is not God. Yeah. So, what do you think about the whole topic? Yeah. Do you think it's literary? Do you think it's figurative? Oh, let's get into it a little more. Do you have anything? <laughs> Anything else you want to go through um, before we actually start talking about the days and stuff like that? Not currently, but if you got things you want to bring up. Um, I mean, I can talk about the days a little bit. Um, Do it. It's funny that we talked about Yom Kippur at the beginning, because mm-hmm. Yom is the word for day, um, and it just means day. I don't know what Kippur means, but... Kippur is the last name of one of the writers for the office. Yeah, yeah Kelly Kippur, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's, it's the day birth- of Kelly birth- Kippur. It's her birthday. Yeah, that's Which what... Which everyone missed. That makes so much sense to me now. But yeah. That's why she was so mad when no one said happy birthday to her. Dang. Oh, jeez. We're Kippur. off topic. Um, so uh, that Kapoor, or not Kapoor, <laughs> Yom. Yom is the name uh, for the word day. It's the word day in Hebrew. <laughs> um, and it's mentioned a ton, right? Especially in, in just the first chapter. I think um, in Genesis it's mentioned uh, like 400 so times, like 410 times. Um and almost every single one of those times, it does mean an actual 24-hour like yeah. hour period, yeah. right? But there are genuine times when it doesn't mean a genuine 24-hour period, right? right? And that uh, definition of it is usually based on the circumstances around the word being used, right? Just like most words in general, they mean whatever the context of a sentence is. Right, right, right. Or uh, gives it meaning, right? right? The con- you need context clues. Yeah, exactly. Sixth grade English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so we can, by reading, like, even extra biblical writings, we can figure out what that word means. And that sometimes yom can mean a 24-hour period, but Mm -hmm. can also mean even a 12-hour period, right? Because sometimes in the Jewish culture, day was just, like, when there was light outside. And even there would still be light outside, but, like, when it's getting dark, it would be, like, when the sun comes up and kind of, like, when the sun starts going down, it would be, like, the day kind of thing. Yeah. Um... And so it could even it can mean almost three different things, right? Twelve hours, twenty-four hours, or just a certain amount of time, 
right? That's mm-hmm. given, like almost like a figure of speech. Like, right. like if I say, this is going to take me all day, right? I don't mean like 12 hours. I don't mean 24 hours. Like, I just mean this is going to take me a long time. A long time, right, right, you know right. what I mean? And so, anything you want to say on, on that topic? Uh, I think it's a really good point to make um, because then it does kind of, when you analyze Genesis 1, you see, okay, this day, this day, this day. How is it being used? How is it understood? You need to have those those other options to mm-hmm. understand it to look at it from all angles and i do think that excuse me i think that it matters to have truth but to have truth and find truth you need to challenge it from, mm-hmm. from all angles so that's good information i didn't know like that it was used that many times or that yam meant day yeah it's used so a lot that's really informa- informative yeah um so yeah i don't have too much information i guess i want to add other than mm-hmm. like let's get into Unless you have more you want to talk about, but no, I would really. love to get into like what we think about it. Yeah, I honestly don't know a hundred percent what I think about it. Like I could, I could be convinced today of the other, uh, right, or the antithesis yeah. of what I already think. Right now, if you were to ask me, I would say um, I don't think it's a fi- it's an actual twenty four days um, hours. Yeah, <laughs> twenty four <laughs> hours. I also don't think it's a literal 24 days, but I do think it's literal 24 hours, which mm. is what I was trying to say. Just kidding, I don't. Wait, so you don't think it's a 24 hours? I don't think it's 24 hours, okay. but um, I could be convinced otherwise. Right. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Clenching our teeth. Oh, you better be careful, man. Oh, gosh. So I think that it's a big deal for some people when you're trying to prove a worldview, right? Right. So I think if you're trying to reinforce... Um, your belief in not believing in macroevolution or believing in macroevolution, it becomes a really big deal for you. If you don't care, which I do care. Right. But if you don't care, it doesn't matter that much. If you do care, it still doesn't matter that much because <laughs> you can you can disprove macroevolution other ways. Way easier yeah. than like I'm not gonna walk up to someone who believes in macroevolution and be like, Well God said it was twenty four hours and we start having it like Yeah, they probably just don't believe debate. in God in general. Yeah, so we'll start, like, actually debating evolution, yeah. right? Which those be, be like, you won't even be debating evolution. You'll be debating the existence of God. Like, most people who believe in macroevolution, usually. I would assume, by and large, you can assume they're not really a Christian. Mm. Now, there are Christians who believe in macroevolution. That's fine. I have no problem with that. Yeah. But um, you have my permission to think that way, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but by and large, I would say people who hold to the idea of evolution yeah. most likely are not looking at the world through a biblical worldview. Yeah, and I don't believe in macroevolution. Which is why, uh, which is why I think it's literal twenty four hours. Okay, just kidding. Okay, so you just don't care. <laughs> no, I do care. Um, I think that it is not a little twenty four hours, and it's not the macro. what? It's not twenty four hours literally, and it's also not macro. Yes, yes, both of those things. Okay, and I'm gonna state the classic, like, noob argument for it not being twenty four hours. <laughs> the one that everybody always talks about. Whenever this debate is brought up, which we can talk about and dissect a little bit. Yeah. But it's that, I mean, the cycle of 24-hour days dictated by the moon and the sun doesn't come into existence until day until three. Day three. Like that. So, day three. I mean, you could still say, I mean, I think the strongest argument against that argument is that whenever the word yom is used, it's usually followed. Like, it would say day, and then it would say a cap on it being a day and a night at the end of it, right? So I think the strongest case for saying it's a, a literal 24-hour day is saying if we're going to um, define words by the sentence they're in, we have to always do that, right? right. If, we're, if that's how we're going to do it, right, we right. always have to stick to it, 
right? And so there's kind of two different contexts. There's the scientific context of the moon and the sun and stuff. Like, that's not instituted. The day, like the scientific day, the way we calculate 24-hour days, isn't instituted until the third day. But the sentence structure is still set up by... It says the word yom, which means day, which could be one of three meanings. Yeah. And then at the end of the sentence, it says, and the evening and the morning was the something day. Right. right? And so, what's the something yom? So, you could, you could make an argument that because it's given capstones of um, the evening and the morning was the day, that it's actually talking about either a 24-hour period or a 12-hour period and not the large period of time. Right. right? Now, I would say a counter to that, even just thinking now, um, could be the style that this is written right, in, right? right? It could be that it's a good thing to bring if you to. don't think that it's literal, which some people would argue that this is just a literal style, yeah. but other Bible scholars would say that it's, um, what did you call it? Uh, Hebrew poetry. Hebrew poetry, okay. Hebrew, Hebraic. Hebraic poetry. Fancy. Yeah, that's what I thought you said. Um, a lot of people would argue that it's Hebraic poetry at least parts of it and you could say that god is using a poetic style that's why he uses capstones of um in the evening and the morning or the first right. day right? right to create a consistency of a poem which we see over and over throughout poetry right yeah, that would also be a valid argument i would say yeah. so i would say i land more on the side of them not being uh 24-hour days just because of the scientific stance on it more hmm. um because it's not until the third day that those are created I don't think that I change almost any of my other theology based off of that opinion. Right, right. You know what I mean? That, I, I, yeah, I think that's a good idea to so, not have that change. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I thought about it quite a bit, but I don't think uh, – I mean, I, at least I've thought about what would change. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot changes by me having that opinion of it not being 24-hour days. Now, the, the implications of that for other people could be massive. Right. Right? But for myself – Nothing really changes, right? And so I would say to someone that I was telling my opinion about, I would say, now what do you start to believe based off of that opinion I have? Right. Because that could could be where it gets dicey. Yeah. Um, But what do you think about it? I have been thinking about this for so long. Because there's like people I respect on both sides of the argument are giving really good reasons. On the Facebook post, I'm like, okay, you're one of my closest friends. You're saying this. Yeah, and, and I trust you. And uh, you're in you, you're in seminary right now, and I've heard I've sat under your teachings, and you're really smart too, and you're a genius too, and you're also making good points. And I'm just kind of sitting there like, I love this conversation, and I have refused to plant my flag in any specific camp so far, mm-hmm. uh, maybe up until maybe now, or I think I found a new territory to land in that I think. Ooh. Um, is okay. It's all figurative, and God didn't actually create the world. <laughs> and people might be like, you can't think this way, but I will just tell them, yes, I can. Like, one time I had a conversation with a pastor, and I said, you know, I think I'm not going to be, I was like, I think I'm an Arminian, but I think I believe in covenantal theology. And covenantal is like a Calvinist doctrine, and Arminian's opposite of Calvinist. And this guy's yeah. like, you can't do that. And I said, <laughs> no, but I can. I said, that's what I do. No, listen, I just put a sentence together that means I did. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, but I, that's exactly what I think. And he's like, you can't have both. I was like, but I, I do. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't. So, sorry, 2,000 years of church history. I just decided to not care. Um, but no, uh, getting back to the topic. So on one hand, 
it seems really good evidence to me to, to promote the seven-day literal uh, mm. count and, and whatnot Definitely. would be that God said he rested on the seventh day. Yeah. That alone makes me think, okay, like that, may, that gives reason mm-hmm. to why we would Sabbath because God Sabbath on the seventh, yeah. right? And then I think, but could, could God have just decided to write this in such a way and then add that seventh day to give us rest to promote us and just have like it's not an actual thing it's just an mm-hmm. arbitrary thing that god decided that humans needed yeah i doubt that i think god takes more time and consideration into the things he does i don't think it's so much arbitrary mm-hmm. but what really gets me to think that it's not literary is the fact of like the style of writing and the message it conveys to the people yeah right because the people coming out of egypt are former slaves who only who not only know but they're hugely influenced by pagan worship and it's so mm-hmm. easy for them to revert to we see that when they build a golden calf in exodus you know and aaron says this is the god who brought you out of egypt and the word there is like yahweh he's like this is yahweh and it's like he builds an idol yeah and god's like don't do that that's not how you worship me so they had to like unlearn so much of 400 years of enslavement mm-hmm. so it makes sense that it would be written in such a way or god would have it written in such a way that would communicate to them god created everything he alone is god there's not multiple he alone created everything and is in control of everything mm-hmm. that's the basic premise of the whole of that chapter yeah is god created everything and he's in control yeah and he's intentional and so that would tell the hebrews like give him comfort like okay he's the one who's in control he took us out of slavery that's good mm-hmm. um i'm trying to think where i was going with that um i can ask a question yeah uh as a response i would say to your first objection to it being um not uh, to being literal or no, your objection to being not literal. Um, you said about... The Sabbath. Yeah, God making it a Sabbath, right? And wanting to prove a point of, or at least show the Israelites, hey, you should have a Sabbath. Right. Um, I would say, or I'd ask you, can you can God show them that they should have a Sabbath if it's not literal? You know what I mean? Yeah, he if it's could. A, if it's a story, right. like whether it's poetic um, or not, could he... In this poem, show them that they should they need still rest. have a rest. I think he could, but if it didn't have any meaning for God, he could have also just commanded them. You know, he didn't tell them a story on how to have the Ten Commandments. He just said, "Here's the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. and one of them is keep a Sabbath day yeah. and holy because of." And it goes into the reason. Yeah. Um, but what I really think about is, I don't think it necessarily has to be either or. I don't think it has to be either literal oh, or yeah. either I love symbolic, yeah. right? And what I want to say before I go any further is I do think God literally created everything, obviously. That's not what we're debating. I do think God literally spoke it into existence because that's what it says. Mm. The question that's in context is like the how of it. Did he literally do it in seven days? Did yeah, he yeah. do it in 24 hours? I've been thinking about this all day. Yeah. And so it's not necessarily like we're saying a Big Bang happened, but God had created the Big Bang and then evolution happened. It's not like... That we're saying like God literally spoke everything to existence in the mm-hmm. way that it says, but we're just saying how it played out is that a literal or figurative thing to send a message? Yeah, right. And so the idea of it, it can be both, maybe like God is sovereign. God's no, God knows how these cultures are going to form, so He could have literally done it exactly how it says and how the twenty-four hour day thing yeah. plays out. Maybe that's just some hidden knowledge that we don't know yet to say mm-hmm. like we don't know how God did it twenty-four hours if the day wasn't created yet, but. He's God, so he doesn't have to give us a reason why. That's not the best argument, in my opinion. It just kind of Mm -hmm. is a cop-out to explain it, in my opinion. But God could have literally done it in seven literal 24-hour periods and known that the cultures around them were going to have these uh, systems in place to explain creation 
And so when it's written, it could be symbolic of what God's communicating and literal of what happened because God knows these cultures before they came into existence because yeah. he created them. It could even be the, the antithesis of that, right? The opposite. It could be that God uh, created it in not a literal seven days, but communicated it literally so that they would get the, un, or they would get the concept of a Sabbath, right? So he could, it right. could have been that he created it, um, what I, I mean, I'm stammering a lot, but what I just said. Right, yeah. that he didn't. He created it with like the appearance of age over a long period of time, and it wasn't an actual like seven days. But he wrote it and communicated it in a style that people would know. Okay, right. well, we have a seven day week, and on one of these days we rest. So they would take it literally, but it doesn't mean that God created it necessarily yeah. literally. And what I think is really cool about the idea of God resting, like you don't see that in any other creation accounts of the people around him. Yeah, like the Assyrians, I'm pretty sure were culture at the same time. I know the Egyptians were for sure there. They these other cultures did not have their gods resting. Mm-hmm. You know, they were always working to sustain it. Or like the god, when, when the sun went down, he was always fighting and then dying mm-hmm. and resurrecting and fighting and dying and resurrecting. Yeah. Right? His, and the dad was always separating the kids. Like, all these gods were always working, working, working to sustain the universe. And mm-hmm. the god of the Hebrews says, I rested. Like, I created, I set in place, and I rested. Mm-hmm. Meaning that he's ultimate. He's powerful. He's stronger. He's not worried about it. Yeah. And that's what it sends to the Hebrews is like, God is sovereign and in charge, and you can take comfort in that. Because they just got taken out of slavery mm-hmm. and introduced to this God that they haven't really been following. And so they need to have some assurance as to why they can follow him. Yeah. And so what this would have told the Hebrews is our God's reliable. Our God is capable of taking care of us. Our God's not anxious and distracted by taking care of the universe. He can mm-hmm. see us. You know, so, and that's, that's what it should say to us too. We should have the same mentality. We should see it in the same way of like, God can take care of me. He's not stressed. He's not anxious. Therefore, I don't have to be either. Yeah. And that's a that's a huge thing to remember. Is like, we don't have to let this argument take away from the the message it's telling us. Yeah. You know that God is sovereign. God's in control, and He cares. That's essentially all it's telling you. And that's if that's all you want to take away, that's all you need to take away. It does not matter whether it's literal or symbolic. Yeah. I feel the same way as you do. Or yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like God didn't write it as a scientific explanation of the universe. Right. But That's bro, not what can, the, the Bible read, is not a scientific book. I've only read 12 science books then if I read <laughs> Well, Genesis yeah, one. it's not a science book, bro. Dang it. Sorry. Proverbs is. I've only read 12. <laughs> oh, I read 13 now. Song of Solomon is anatomy. Oh, heck yeah. It's science. <laughs> so I've read 14. Just kidding. Nice. Um, but yeah, so it's like, at the end of the day, it's not written for the purpose of explaining the scientific nature of the universe. Yeah. It's written to communicate that God's in charge and he's not threatened and he can be trusted. Yeah. And that, can, that message can be given to us and we can say, okay, cool. And, if that, and that's basically where you, I would say, kind of have to stop. Yeah. You, can't, you can say, oh, but it has to be literal because this, but you can't, you can't say that, really. You can you make can't an assumption. You can, you can decide that that's what you want to believe if it helps you, and that's no problem. But you can't say that's the reason it was written to give a literal account because yeah. it just it wasn't. It According to almost, or not almost all, but like a, a large portion of the Bible scholars. That's yeah. not what it was written So maybe for. I just showed my cards. I don't really think it's super... It can be literal. I won't be upset. Mm-hmm. But if it's not, I'm also not going to be upset. Yeah. It has a message that's sending that we can receive. Yeah. Absolutely. So... I'm going to lose zero friends over this opinion. I might you know lose I mean? two. Because it doesn't matter <laughs> a lot to I me. I might lose two, maybe three friends. No, like, the thing just is, kidding. to me, like, I, I don't care enough to, like, debate that to, to lose any friends over it. You know no, I mean? but I'm just saying I know my friends' strong opinions, and if I tell them I disagree, they'll be like, oh. Actually, they're good friends. They're not going to stop being No, they're friends. not going to care, dude. They're, I love them. They love me. <laughs> We're all, like, really close. 
And so they're not, they're also like, oh, you're wrong. But we also disagree on so much more. But it was so much fun. I was FaceTiming him. He, like, he's like, I noticed you kept liking everyone's comment. You'd like mine, and then this person, the mine. He's like, whose side are you on? <laughs> and I was like, that's purely just for the algorithm to get to generate more popularity. That's so you know, funny. get likes and comments. It promotes it. So you know what I noticed, and this is not on topic at all, but <laughs> is that whenever you post one of those things, there's like a like. Or two likes, and there's like 50 comments. And I'm like, ain't no one liking this thing for the comment? Nope, they're, they're too busy, distracted. I also pose a question: um, Is death fixed? Which we could also talk about later, but maybe not. Yes. Um, a lot of people were confused by that. One person said, "Nope," or they're like, "I said, is death fixed?" And they said, "Yep, Jesus fixed it." And I'm like, That's such a good answer. There's always at least someone at the beginning of your post that cracks a joke that I always love. I know. I'm yeah. like, praise God, I love it. <laughs> but yeah, so. To recap everything, um, whether or not you want to believe in Genesis 1, creation count as literal or figurative, you are allowed to make your, or symbolic, I mean, you are allowed to make your decision based on study and um, make sure it's intellectual study, not just your preconceived notions trying to fit in the idea. Um, But know that the message is sending is that God is large and in charge and he's going to take care of his people and he can be trusted. And then live with that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's all I have for you today. Nice. That. Go check us out on YouTube. Follow our Instagram. We always have great discussions with people in the DMs. We also want to start having better discussions with people in the comments of stuff. Yeah. We post. We try everything. to post twice a week. We're trying to do that more. Um, we're getting lots of subscribers giving us money, so we're going to start putting out some merch and stickers and hopefully be able to Ooh. pay for some more ads to get some more people listening. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So the more money we get, we're spending all the money on making the podcast bigger and getting people out there to listen more. So really, would you send it to our demographic, our audience? Send it to the youth groups. Send it to the kids you know, um, yeah. the young adults you know, the people that are asking these questions um, that are searching for, searching for truth. Your science teacher who could be an atheist. Yeah. Let them know. We want to have these conversations for them and even with them. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be super fun. Yeah. Give us ideas of what you guys want us to talk about next. We always love those ideas. We have a doc full of like 50 <laughs> things we can talk yeah. about, but we want to know like what you guys want to hear about, what like deep questions you have and things that are like stumping you up, making you trip up. So send us those DMs and we'll try to answer your questions. We'll yeah. do another question and answer one here pretty soon. Yes, we will. All right. With that, have a great week. Enjoy your Wednesday. Yep. Drink some coffee. Yeah. Adios, amigos.